Welcome back to EV News Daily. Coming up today, VW unveils the ID7 Tourer. Got some new Volvo EV names and a high power Cupra born. Plus, stay tuned, because later in the show, I'll tell you what the US Treasury is saying about how the new tax credit system is going. Well, good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, wherever you are in the world. Welcome to EV News Daily. This is your trusted source of EV information. For what happened on Tuesday, 20th of February, I'm Martin Lee, and I go through every EV story, so you don't have to. We go live at 5pm UK, that's midday Eastern, but Patreon supporters get the episodes as soon as they're ready. You can be like them by clicking on a link in the show notes. We'll start with Volkswagen unveiling the ID7. Tora, or wagon, or estate, call it what you will. They're all electric estate car. Expands the ID7 lineup in Europe, but sadly not for my US listeners. Uh, this model joins the upper mid-size class, according to this press release. So there you go. If you're wondering, Volkswagen have told you exactly where this sits. The upper mid-size class. <laughs> Okay. It's a Passat, isn't it? It's the electric Passat, but don't call it that. And in terms of range, the ID7 Tourer has, in kilometres, 685. In miles, that's 425. That's very decent, by the way. Good range. WLTP official range, that, as well. So depending on your driving style, you could well exceed that. So the largest battery supports 200 kilowatt DC fast charging as well. Not to absolutely blow your socks off, but again, there aren't many situations, unless you're a hardcore road tripper, and it is all about the charging curve. Yes, I know that. Uh, but 200 kilowatt DC fast charging is very, very decent. You get, You start to get into the territory. Anything above 150, and you're in the territory, of can I find a fast enough charger, at least here in the UK. Um, I know other countries are different, but can I find a quick enough charger to get the, you know, uh, to best the car, as it were. So either way, like I say, depends on the charge curve, but this will be great for road tripping. But luggage and loading capacity will be of interest. If you're buying this type of car, it is up to 605 litres, and that expands to 1,714 litres, with the back seats down. Now, it comes standard with head-up display, augmented reality head-up display, so it sort of superimposes the world in front of you. The vehicle also has ergo-active seats with massage and panoramic sunroof and a wellness in-car app. I haven't heard of this before in VWs, uh, but the new in-car wellness feature allows you and your passengers to adjust vehicle functions for enhanced well-being. I just call that setting the aircon to 21 degrees and being done with it. But no, this will manage the lighting, the sound, the aircon, and more to ensure that you're happy. I'm sure it works. Uh, set for production in Volkswagen's Emden, Germany plant, alongside the fastback version of the ID7 and, of course, the ID4 as well. Now let's get on to Volvo next, and a couple of our well known names are changing. So the XC40 and the C40 are being changed to come in line, really, with their all-electric future, updating the names of their uh, recharge cars, which in some parts of the world do have a bit of a mouthful name. It's the XC40 Recharge Pure Electric. Now, it will simply be called the EX40. And that's a good thing because the EX30 is their new baby Volvo and it actually is going down really well. And lots of people are looking forward to getting theirs, either buying it or on the Volvo subscription package, I notice, very popular. Um, but also the C40, uh, the sort of fastback coupe version of the XC40, is now called the EC40. 
40. So you got the EX30, the EX40, the EC40 for the coupe version, and then you've got the big daddy that's coming, the EX90. So that, that does make more and more sense as they move away from their combustion naming system. The recharge name, previously used in both their full EVs and plug-in hybrids, which for a little while I've begun to think is getting more convoluted the recharge name because they were applying it to lots of things that's being phased out so the recharge name goes at volvo and the plug-in hybrids now either get the t6 or the t8 suffix very which is common in volvo world which indicates the power xc40 will continue to be used for the combustion model uh, but of course by 2030 volvo will be 100 percent pure ev volvo sales of electric was up 70 percent last year it's now 16 percent of their total business and the ex40 and the ec40 as they are now known uh, with their all-wheel drive and dual motor system will also come with a new performance software package to upgrade the power to 325 kilowatts and a new performance driving mode with enhanced accelerator response and dedicated performance drive modes for maximum power utilization. Now, listeners may know, if you haven't heard, I've mentioned it a couple of times, I should do a special podcast on it. Um, we just bought a Polestar 2 last month from my friend uh, Nick, EV Nick, or Nick Ramo. And uh, that's basically the same car uh, in a different uh, in a different world, but um, in a different body. And otherwise, the Polestar is full of Volvo bits. And much like the EX40, it's really quick. Now, I went for it, the one with all the options ticked, but it wasn't the performance one. Three years old, coming off a lease, going through the auctions, really good condition, 40,000 miles. And I absolutely love it, but I love the performance of it. And I wouldn't want any more. I think any more performance gets me my first points. I know. I've got to 45 years old without ever having points on my license. Touch wood. Hey, let's let's keep that going. That's good. And um, uh, but I think much more performance, and it would it would probably just tempt me into being an idiot. So you know, the performance version is brilliant, but already those cars are quick cars. This Polestar that I've got, which is like the Volvos, is already in all-wheel drive form, and I've got the uh, the 18-inch wheels. and go for the 19s. I think we're a, an option to tick on the new ones. Rides fantastically, but when you do want to crack on, uh, it's a pretty rapid car. About as fast as I could possibly need. Now, let's move on and talk about Scout. Now, Scout Motors is VW Group's electric off-roader in the US, and they're breaking ground on a new $2 billion production center and aiming to deliver electric SUVs and pickups for American off-road enthusiasts. The new facility is 1,100 acres and will have 4,000 workers with an annual production capacity of 200,000 vehicles a year by the end of 2026. Now, the CEO is highlighting the advantages of being part of VW and being part of the mothership, as it were, emphasizing that they've got access to the parent company's global supply chains, which aids in cost reduction and production scaling. And that's very important because Scout is effectively a standing start business, but it's not because you've got access to all the goodness from VW above. So it's the way that many of the Chinese names have launched new brands with new names. If you look at the likes of Geely with all of the, like Volvo just mentioned, but also able to do new brands, spin-off brands, 
and 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 not have a standing start because they've got access to lots of talents, lots of like I say, supply chains and and things like that. Procurement is a very important part of that, and even off the shelf components and to help with design and engineering. Battery procurement is of course the big one in the world that you and I are interested in. That's the critical focus with efforts to contain costs while differing from things like VW's ID4. Scout is considering. VW Group's company called PowerCo for their battery supply. The brand plans to introduce the SUV and pickup versions of the Scout on a unique body-on-frame platform distinct from anything else in VW in the third quarter. We'll find out more details. Now, staying with that group, and Cupra, which is the hot bit of Sayat, which is the Spanish bit of VW. Cupra is introducing a new rapid version of the Bourne, and that's their version of the ID3. Uh, the Cupra Bourne VZ, the most powerful model yet, launching this autumn. Power output jumps from the eBoost variants 228 brake horsepower to 322 brake horsepower. That is basically a Volkswagen Golf R in Sayat clothing, well, in Cupra clothing. Uh, there is uh, an increase in torque to 402 pound-feet of torque. 0 to 62 miles an hour, that's 100 kilometers per hour, is 5.7 seconds. So it's not designed purely to destroy everything 0 to 60, but it will be the fastest vehicle on the MEB platform so far. The Bourne VZ gets a higher top speed of 124 miles an hour. Despite the upgrades, Cooper maintains efficiency, they say, with a range of 335 miles, with an increase two more kilowatt hours in a revised battery pack of 79 kilowatt hours. Now, Fiat is advocating for the reinstatement of the UK government's EV grants, which I was able to get on our first couple of EVs, I think, back when it was still around. But Fiat saying that the UK government, if they're serious about going EV, should bring the grant back to meet the 2030 goal of of now being 80% EV, not 100%. EV sales were 15% of new car registrations last month in January here in the UK. And there was a decline in purchases by private buyers in the, compared to the same month a year ago. Um, a lot of trade sales and uh, business purchases with EVs. Now, so to support private customers, Fiat has told the government uh, that they should bring back the scheme. Until then, Fiat will have their own electric car incentive. They're calling it the e-grant, providing a £3,000 discount to align with recommendations from the House of Lords. Uh, the committee report, which came out recently, I've talked about on this podcast, emphasising the urgency of accelerating EV adoption. The UK's zero emission vehicle mandate is something else that I've talked about quite a lot. And I think I need to do a special podcast on this because it's not quite as simple as as it seems, it requires that 22% of new car sales must be fully electric as of this year. Uh, that escalates to 80% by 2030, but car makers, this is where it gets a little complicated, I believe can defer it from this year for two years if they buy credits from other companies like Tesla that only make pure EVs. But then, of course, by 2026, they're going to be behind the curve. And I think it's it's going to be 30-something percent of their fleet sales that have to be pure EV, or they start paying big fines in two years' time to the government. Okay. Uh, well, originally available for the Fiat 500e and the convertible variant, the Fiat e-grant has been extended for the new 600e and the Abarth 500e. Link in the show notes if you fancy 
details on that. Stick around. Back in a sec, we'll take a quick break. Maybe the free version listeners will get an ad or two. Back in a sec. Okay, if you would like your ad, your podcast ad-free, that can be done. Simply go to Patreon, patreon.com slash evnewsdaily. Find out more details and uh, get your podcasts uh, ad-free and RSS feed, which is unique to you. And you just copy-paste that into your podcast app and it strips out the ads. Or rather, it's a separate version that I publish Minus the ads. All right, let's talk a little bit about how the U.S. is going with the tax credit system. Since the 1st of January, the U.S. Treasury has issued $135 million in advance EV tax credits to consumers through auto dealers. Before this year, the $7,500 federal tax credit for new EVs and $4,000 for used EVs was only accessible when filing tax returns for the next year. The new scheme allows buyers to apply these credits directly at the point of sale, reducing the purchase price instantly. The IRS has processed over 25,000 reports so far, with 19,500 requesting advance payment. That is $135 million paid to dealers. Over 11,000 U.S. auto dealers have now signed up to the program. 8,000 have been approved for the advance payment scheme. And buyers need to confirm that they meet the specific income requirements to be eligible to get this money off a new car when they buy it. It hasn't got to just be a dealer because, remember, you know, Tesla are a direct seller, but Tesla are registered as a dealer for the purposes of this scheme. Uh, you, If you may have to pay that back if you don't qualify, if your income isn't eligible, the income cap, I may be wrong on this, it's $300,000 for married and one hundred and fifty for single filers. Now, let's talk about Ionity. The European Charging Network has had a big expansion recently. Now, 600 operational charging locations across 24 European countries. Uh, the network boasts 3,382 high-powered charging points. They've been on a rip recently. And yes, I, I agree, Ionity is not the cheapest of networks to use, but I find recently have been more reliable a couple of years ago, um, maybe a year and a half ago, actually, I did a, a road trip, it was September, October, yeah, sort of 15 months ago. Um, I had awful trouble with Ionity getting it to start a charge and to recognise the car. We were driving an MG, the MGZS on that trip, actually, and I had problems with Ionity since then. Everything, Touchwood, has all been fine. Haven't used the Honesty on the Polestar yet, but um, I do think that they've got some of their gremlins sorted out now. There's an additional 96 charging parks under construction. By 2025 next year, Honesty want to grow their footprint to over 1,000 locations with more than 7,000 charging points. New sites are being planned to include 6 to 12 charging stations each and the 350 kilowatt per station capacity will be maintained. They do power sharing at their sites, of course. Now, Ionity is acquiring land for future expansion, seeking plots uh, from 500 to 3,000 square metres with a preference for larger sites capable of hosting at least 12 charging bays. They're getting into actually buying the land now rather than just looking to find landlords that will have some charges on their land. Ideal locations are those near highways, close to existing amenities like petrol stations, cafe shops and restrooms. 
Now, Xpeng are next in the news. And the Chinese company Xpeng aims to expand their workforce by 4,000 people and invest in AI for intelligent driving. The company's CEO announcing a big investment of 3.5 billion Chinese yuan. That's about half a billion US dollars into R&D and looking at intelligent driving technology. Over the next three years, Xpeng will introduce 30 new or updated vehicle models, uh, signaling a rapid expansion of their lineup. The growth comes as the EV market faces intense competition in China, where the price wars, notably influenced by Tesla and BYD, has intensified the industry. The CEO's warning of a potential bloodbath, that was the quote, bloodbath in the EV sector, underscores the high stakes of competing in that market in China. Now, let's talk a little bit about battery technology, should we? Because sodium iron battery technology could be something that we talk about now as something on the horizon. And then, well, you know, in a few years time, the rest of the world might be talking about it. And here you and I were discussing it in 2024. But sodium ion technology and batteries could well unlock cheaper, smaller city cars, which don't have the range of other EVs, but uh, achieve that price point, which we're always told uh, EVs are just for you know rich, privileged people. Uh, one of those companies is IBU Tech, or IBU Tech. They're expanding uh, their focus to now develop sodium ion batteries. They are targeting applications in small EVs and stationary energy storage. The company has completed their development and initial production of the cathode active material uh, called the NMO chemistry. And they use in the NMO chemistry, sodium ion batteries have, in terms of the resources used, they are abundant environmental materials. Uh, Sodium's availability is the sixth most common element on Earth sourced from either sea salt or salt domes. Manganese, the third most common metal. Sodium-ion batteries promise lower production costs and reduced environmental impact compared to lithium-ion counterparts, making them perhaps more sustainable. And despite their benefits at the minute, its lower energy density is the trade-off and greater weight compared to maybe more cobalt-rich NMC technologies. But it's something that we'll keep an eye on and, pardon the pun, a sodium-ion I'll move on. Uh, now, here's one of the risks, I guess, of buying these cheaper Chinese brands, although this is not a cheap Chinese brand. In fact, this is the opposite. This is one of the Chinese brands sitting at the very top of their market. Human Horizons are known for their hi-fi brand, and their cars are you know, over $100,000 equivalent. Incredible vehicles like their Hi-Fi X, which has the sort of falcon wing doors of the Model X from Tesla, but they're split. So the lower half swings open like a conventional door, and the top half is like a falcon wing door. Incredible vehicles, huge, luxurious, full of technology. But what if you buy one of these vehicles from these new Chinese brands, and they're not around in the future to look after it? or even hold up their warranties. Well, Hi-Fi has suspended production for six months and is furloughing their staff. Uh, The company, which has been launching premium EVs since 2020, has increasingly faced financial challenges and austerity measures announced to employees over the weekend are aiming to sustain the company through that period. But if you ask me, a six-month stoppage of production 
sounds terminal. I mean, it, the staff are going to carry on. They're going to be paid effectively minimum wage in February, March, and going forwards. But restarting a line after six months—that's not the work of a moment. With supply chains, with machinery which will have been shut down, just every, just the line being stopped, and so it's a huge undertaking to start that production again. And I would not be surprised at all if that's the last we see of the Hi-Fi brand. They had initial success with 9,000 of their Hi-Fi EVs sold from 2021 to 2022, but they are struggling in the luxury market position. At the other end of the market, here is a cute car, which I hope they're around for a very long time. The Swiss company, Micro Lino, is poised to introduce their electric quadricycle which is a bit like the Isetta with the whole of the front of the car, which opens up in a big wide door. The whole sort of front bubble car opens up and it's arriving in the UK. First seen at the Geneva Motor Show in 2016, the Microlino has started production and expanded across Europe. I last was with the Microlino in May or June last year. In the UK, there was one here, uh, but they were saying, well, you know, hopefully it'll be on sale by the end of the year. We're targeting the UK market. And it all went very quiet, as these things always do. Now they're targeting a 1,000 units produced as of June 2023. It's not a car. It's a heavy quadricycle, like the Renault Twizy. The Microlino offers a more powerful 17-horsepower motor, 56 miles an hour, battery options up to 15 kilowatt hours. That's 142 miles. I'm not sure I'd want to do 142 miles non-stop in one of these, but I really hope that they do indeed bring it to the UK and that the UK embraces it. And that's your podcast for today. Thanks for listening. And thanks to everyone on Patreon who supports this podcast and, and the work that we do. Uh, the premium partners get a daily mention. That's Porsche of the Village in Cincinnati, Audi of Cincinnati East, and Volvo Cars of Cincinnati East. National Car Charging on the US mainland and Aloha Charge in Hawaii. Derek Riley and Nevo.ie. They just held Ireland's first ever electric vehicle show last weekend with the Bank of Ireland. And if you went along, I'd love to hear from you. And we're going to get Derek on the show if not this week, then next week, to tell us all about how it went and what they're planning going forward. Octopus Electroverse, global public charging made simple with one app and one map and least plan electric moments, providing all the tools and guidance EV drivers need. Have a good and see you tomorrow. And remember, there's no such thing as a self-charging hybrid.